My name is Mary Grace, and you're listening to the Homebody Podcast. Here, we explore embodiment as interstellar beings, practicing how to live more fully as creatures of both the stars and the earth. These spiritually and artfully minded conversations intersect astrology, creative practices, intuition, magic, healing, poetry, and a deep love for the natural world. My hope is to enliven you so we can co-create possible regenerative futures, to encourage you so together we can become dynamic agents of beauty, fully awake with our power intact. Let us be intentional as we approach the creation and caretaking of life, and let's make room for inquiry, sensitivity, and joy. Thank you for listening. Hello, listening family. Welcome to this audio gathering. Today, I'm sharing a solo episode with you all that is a quilt of ideas that have been floating around me and through me. And this episode can be a medium of service to ground them, not just for myself, but I imagine if they're floating in the ether for me, then they might also be trying to come down for someone else, maybe even you. So we're going to talk about a lot of things centering our call and perhaps approaching more of our life with hospitality and what that means. Announcements, as many of you know, I'm a huge fan of email as a way to create relationships and maintain relationships with folks online. I've had a lot of conversations with you all on Zoom about how to set it up, how to structure it and help it serve what you're doing in the world especially because I don't use Instagram or Facebook, so I rely on email a lot. And so Flowdesk is the platform that I use to send and manage all my emails. It's all my segments and subscribers, and it is by far the easiest, most beautiful platform that I've used. I have many creative talents and gifts, but graphic design is certainly not one of them. I know a couple of you listening to this will be laughing when I say that, but Flowdesk makes it really easy to craft a beautiful email with a very wide selection of gorgeous templates and fonts and colors to choose from. So even if you don't have like brand colors or a logo or things like that, it's still easy to put together a really coherent and beautiful, consistent template. Flowdesk is also the most affordable platform that I've used. I know a lot of email service providers, they'll let you start for free. But as soon as you grow in subscribers, the cost per month goes up as well. And it can get very expensive very quickly for some people into the hundreds or thousands each month. So if you use the code HOMEBODY, that's one word, all caps, H-O-M-E-B-O-D-Y, um, to sign up for Flowdesk before November 2nd, you can lock in $19 a month forever, which is very cheap, very good. I have that and I appreciate it. <laughs> The reason that there is a deadline is not because of me, but it's because Flowdesk has been in beta and now they're moving out of beta. And so it will likely get more expensive after that, though you'll probably still be able to get a deal. But 
that is to be determined. So if you're in the market for an email service provider or you don't like what you're using, or if you don't have a website yet, but you want a way to start to, you know, foster your own community and build relationships with people, an email service provider is a very affordable and easy way to do that, especially compared to building a website. I would highly recommend that you lock in that $19 a month deal with Flowdesk if that is something that you need or interested in moving towards. When you sign up with the code HOMEBODY before November 2nd, I will also send you a pre-recorded tutorial and tour on how to set it up so it can be a really easy switch or initiation for you. And if you have any questions about that, you can send me a message inside of the HOMEBODY portal In general, I only share things and people with you all that I love, that I use, that I believe in. And this just happens to be one of those things that has really made my life so much easier, made emails way more fun and way more creative. And from the feedback that I get, it's also made them way more of a gift to the people who receive them, which is always what I'm trying to do. Last announcement is we have a free class coming up inside of our free online portal on Friday, October 29th, taught by one of our kin members for the wider community called Locating Self. And I'm really, really excited about it. And I think Sarah is too. It's a presentation and facilitated discussion about finding belonging as a person living on land that is ancestrally someone else's and how to recall the practices of one's own lineage in order to you know, cultivate more of a sense of belonging and care in the place where we are and in this time that we live in. So you can find out more about that free class and RSVP below in the show notes, and you can find more about Flowdesk and that code as well in the show notes as well. So originally this episode was scheduled to be (laughs) super practical and all about attachment styles and relationship dynamics But as I sat down to prepare and outline it, it felt like something else was really at the top of my heart and something else really wanted to come through. So stay tuned. The other episode will likely still make its way out into the world because it's it's outlined. (laughs) I keep trying to make these and make myself like SEO friendly for the internet. And that is just really not how spirit wants to come through me all the time. Most of the time wants, wants to express so... I am more and more learning to trust that and to go with that. So, which is why I'm going to talk about something else instead. (laughs) I think I want to start with honoring and recognizing that in some capacity, we are all doing courageous things. Like I've talked about many times on the podcast, being human is a courageous act and you are here. So there are scary things all the time, right? Maybe your courageous thing is daring to be in relationship to another person or daring, like being a courageous parent to or wearing something that you like, but isn't popular. Maybe it's taking time to make things that matter to you or standing up for something that you believe in or cause that you care about or making things that matter to you without knowing the outcome or if there's a practical purpose to it. Those are just a few examples. And I will primarily speak to some of the things that I practice courage around the most, which is expressing myself through creativity and making art or creating a business to share services or products. And 
Whatever you're doing, when we step out into any of these courageous acts, often there's a first step where we like feel it. We feel the inspiration and we feel the thing and we're so excited to share it and jump in. We just like, we feel the yes and it's close and we don't care what anyone else thinks because we're so yes in that moment. We know. And pretty soon, once we engage with the process, that inspired wave gets quieter (laughs) or it disappears completely. And after that, we often, our trust wanes, right? We stop trusting ourselves. We start trusting, we stop trusting that initial yes. Things start to get questionable. And when we're doing this with risky things like big projects or businesses or putting art out into the world for other people to see, how I've personally experienced that moment when we stop trusting ourselves and our connection to source, it's suddenly like everything we touch is shit. This sucks. That sucks. That's shit. I'm shit. I suck. Oh my gosh. Why did I think I should do it that way? No one is going to like it. Why do I choose that word? No one's going to come. No one's going to sign up for my thing. Everything will think, everyone will think it's ugly. It's too quiet. It's too loud. It's too pink. It's too small. It's too big. Whatever the thing is. And it's that forest moment, right? Of feeling lost. Suddenly the surety feels far away. Everything becomes a question and uncertain. And if you're like, what does the forest have to do with anything? I talk more about the forest in the episode on the three landscapes of purpose, and I'll link that below. But at the edge of the forest, we felt so clear, so sure, so excited for this endeavor, this journey up ahead. We had our bags packed, all the right snacks, the map drawn out in our favorite colors. And then once we get into the forest, that <laughs> because we don't know it yet, and we don't know ourselves in it yet, everything looks the same, and we no longer know where we are. And that original yes, that original inspiration feels really far away. And the fact that it feels far away feels really scary. And that's when suddenly everyone else's advice sounds good even if that advice is contradictory, right? If we're making art or we're making a business or something else that singles us out and we feel the rawness of our choices, right? We feel the pressure of our choices, like being on stage and that light is on you and you're like, was this a good decision? (laughs) We're suddenly we're more aware of like who else looks cool or who looks popular. Maybe should I do more of something like that, what they're doing over there? Well, so-and-so said to do it this way because maybe I should stick with that instead. So on and so on. You get the idea. I'm definitely an advocate for advice, support, getting help. I love all of those things. We cannot see everything by ourselves. I will never tell you to isolate and make only decisions in isolation. So let's love up on these things like support and getting help. When our ideas first hit, they're like perfect, they're beautiful, and they're also raw, right? They're a baby. And there will be many stages, just like a baby, of growth and development, death, being born again, growing again, until they get to that next season of their full iteration. So there will be change from the beginning or the intention of a process to the end. Transformation is necessary. There will be so much learning and you will also have to change in order to bring them to pass. 
you know, oh yes, like often these courageous things are, they're primarily here to foster our change and transformation or to invite us to step into a more courageous iteration of ourselves. We cannot stay the same while we try to change everything else, you know, and just like move things around on the outside and bring new things to pass. They will also cause change in us. Just like if we're actually growing and having a baby, our bodies change in response to that. Similar. But anyways, yes to support and advice and help. And that is different than not trusting yourself as a vessel. That is different than not trusting what you see as beautiful and valuable. That is different than not trusting the thing that calls the most loudly to you. We know that saying yes to the thing that we hear will demand evolution and growth and learning, and that will require support and help and community. And that is different than mistrusting yourself. I want to acknowledge some beautiful conversations with friends lately and emails who've really made me have to like think hard. Not made me have to think hard, but really sat with me or watched me or listened to me kind of rail on some of these things lately. So I want to bring them into the conversation and their voice memos and their walks. Um, Melissa and Anika and Maggie Gentry, thank you all. And maybe we'll hop on an episode and talk more about it together soon. But you are as powerful as your connection to what you love. You are as powerful as your trust in yourself. That doesn't mean you don't also love other things. It doesn't mean you don't also trust other things, but you are as powerful as your connection to what you love. You are as powerful as your trust in yourself. And we don't center that connection enough, I think, particularly in business world. We do live in a world. We live in a capitalist culture that values the individual, the exceptional, And the way that translates into business is that you have to be niche and you have to do one thing and it needs to be succinct. It needs to fit the elevator pitch so that busy people with more money than you will notice your jingle and that one thing that needs to solve a very specific problem for a very specific group of people. And there is nothing wrong with solving problems for people with people. It can be tremendously helpful to work towards clarity about what you are doing in different areas of your life so that other people can understand those are fine. And those practices do not define who you are. And those practices often do not recognize their own limitations. This hyper-individualist way that we think about ourselves and our businesses is comical at times in this system. It's like everyone has to be the super special snowflake and the most super special snowflake and the only the most super special snowflakes who are able to capitalize in just the right way on their specialness at just the right time and the exceptional specialness will rise to the top and then rain down their glimmers for the rest of us this trickle down exceptionalism or being sparkly by proxy <laughs> it's like American Idol everywhere. I've never watched American Idol, but it feels true, right? Where we compete for the best voice and then we get chosen and then we become famous. And then the big one, all the movies get made about that one that rises to the top, that one that makes it to the team or that one who gets to dance the solo and not so much about the other, literally everyone else who is good enough and who is beautiful in their own way and who is valuable and worthy, but didn't make it to the pop star status doesn't mean that they don't deserve to write the song and sing the song. So the question becomes, what if I'm not exceptional? Is there still room at the table? What if being exceptional is not the gift? What if showing up is the gift? 
and that some things about us are very special and indeed a unique special snowflake. And what if there is actually a lot about us that isn't very unique at all? We're so scared of that, right? Because we've been so programmed since a young age, at least in this culture, to value our exceptional, our exceptionalness more than anything else. So we prove it and we have to prove it to the world, prove ourselves and that we deserve to be here. And we call that marketing. Yes, if we are doing something, we need to let people know about it. Yes, if we've never met someone before, it makes sense to introduce ourselves in a way that makes sense to them and also in a way that resonates with us. But I feel like we often minimize that part where we stick to what resonates with us because of that lack of trust or that fear. We minimize the part where we stick to what is most beautiful to us. If something's got to go, we ditch that part. Or maybe I'm just speaking about myself. If you tend to be more unconsciously codependent like me, I've realized more and more lately that I, I run my work and my business and my life more like an artist than an entrepreneur. And while I, I am and I have been both of those things in my life for a while, I feel like I've unconsciously kept them segmented. When I'm being an artist, I've never once thought of that my role was about being likable or perfect. When I'm being an artist, I never once thought it was my job to make something easily digestible for the audience. As an artist, I saw my job as something to listen for the call, to the idea, to the ether, and to collaborate with it, to listen to the thing that wants to get made and say yes to it and take a step towards it knowing that it's going to take me on a path where my life becomes intertwined with it and I am digested into the belly of the whale and then spat back out into the water whole and different on the other side of the ocean. And it is definitely one way to travel. But I'm increasingly interested in compartmentalizing less. I'm less interested in segmenting identities and more interested in bringing the whole thing and the whole me to the table. And so in honor of that and in honor of this practice that I want to be more conscious of in myself, I will also say this and offer it to you all that you do not have to be niche. You are not a niche. You are a whole, wide, complex, generative, creative human being. You do not have to be exceptional. You do not have to rise to the top, to be a voice. You do not have to be at the top to matter, to be valuable, or to be worthy of a story. You do not have to be the best singer to be worthy of the song. And so I suppose my invitation in all of this is to center the call more than what you think you should be doing, more than what is cool to do, what feels like it justifies your effort. Perhaps the call is something that you hear through and with your customers and your clients and your community. That is very likely true. The call might also be something you only hear outside at 3 a.m. when it is quiet, except for some crickets and some wind. The call could also contradict what you hear from your customers, clients, and community. The call might be something you hear in your car when you finally get to drive by yourself and suddenly think something becomes clear and it intertwines and it feels yes. What if there isn't a solution that only we can give, right? We hear that a lot. And 
I think a lot of Elizabeth Gilbert's talk, I think she talks about it in Big Magic, but that TED Talk that came out many, many years ago when TED Talks were new, you know, that the muse visits, that the ideas are in the ether, that things want to come down. And if you aren't ready to say yes, then it will move on to someone else. What if there isn't a solution that only we can give? What if scarcity is something that is made up in order to make people buy things? And what if we remember that the people in front of us are already whole, they're already somewhere, and perhaps they're just having trouble finding that person, or perhaps our gift can inspire them to recall or integrate another part of that already whole person? What if we remember that what it is we have is a gift and a call, and we bring all of ourselves to the table and we lay out the gift and the call out on the table like we would if we were having people over to our home and hosting them. We would find the beautiful, nourishing food. We would lay out the candles and the flowers. We would create ceremony and beauty. We could tidy up. We would think of their needs when putting together a menu and we would prepare it with grace and gratitude and we would be so excited to have them over. And what if that is more of what we could be doing? You don't have to have a problem to solve. You just have a call. And perhaps, like Ram Dass said, it is truly our privilege to walk one another home, to walk with one another home. And maybe that is all that we are doing. What if that was our model for our relationship to our business, to our services? Fewer rules, more hospitality, more trust, more relationship. As far as what that means for emails and podcasts and SEOs, I don't really know yet, but it's calling me somewhere. And I want to share this, this pause in where I am in the journey with you. But I do know that we will never do business or economies a different way. If we don't ask different questions, there will never be more room for us, for all of us at the table. If we don't bring all of us to the table And I do know that spirit wants to come through this portal in time and service to life. And when I think about what it is that I'm actually in service to, I want it to be in service to life. Perhaps the one practice or the one takeaway we could have is consult the call first. Instead of what if we make the primary loyalty to the call instead of to the templates, right? What if we consult the call And let the form come from there and make that the practice. I know when we're bridging times like we are right now, we are threading through these models of efficiency that can map us to the systems that are already in place. And we are also sourcing inspiration and energy towards the models that move closer to how we actually want things to be. And that is a place of dynamic tension. It is a bridge of a place, also a landscape of purpose. And I think it's also a special place. It's a creative place. And therefore, we do need to approach these like an artist. When I was talking about some of this with my friend Anika recently, she said that what is exceptional is the perseverance. And that landed really beautiful for me, that what is exceptional is not like how good you are, but it's Rilke says is that we just keep going. (laughs) No feeling is final. 
Just because something gets hard doesn't mean it wasn't a yes. Just because something gets hard doesn't mean it isn't a yes, or maybe it was and now it's not. But if the seed is still there, what does the seed want to become? What does it tell you that it wants to become? And how can you bring all of yourself to the table to host and parent and birth that seed, even if it's in a form that we don't quite recognize in the beginning? What does it invite you to make differently? And I think I want to leave us with that. Take courage. Invite hospitality in. Invite the part of you that wants to do. Invite the part of you that wants to create. Maybe invite all of the parts of you. And instead of centering market concerns or trends, perhaps we center listening to the call and consider answering it and saying yes to the ride. Living the questions also, as Rilke says. What if we approached our lives and our beliefs and our explorations more like the shamanic practice of art making, which is saying yes to transformation and co-collaboration and agreeing to be a vessel and a medium through which the unseen can manifest into form and beauty? What if we approached our businesses more as creative expressions of hospitality? How would this world be different? How would you be different? How would you become more hospitable to yourself and your courage and what wants to come through you? May it be so, and so it is. Be well. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review, subscribe to the show, and share the episode. Check out the links below to learn more about things we talked about and find free resources. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us inside of the Homebody Portal, a free online community where you can talk more about the episode, learn with us, and connect with others. Let us be in service to life with courage, creativity, and connection. Thank you for being here. Be well. Peace.